Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District's Day After Reckoning, where we break down the game Washington played just yesterday. I'm Nathan. That's the stoner. You can tell that because I'm putting up our right now here on the channel. Uh, we, we do this every day after Washington plays 7.30 live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Don't forget you can check out our Wednesday show, our flagship program. That's Wednesday, 7.30, same channels, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and then catch it all right afterwards on your favorite audio platform. And it is back-to-back wins, Stoner. Mm. Mm. How great does that feel? Feels good. It's, it's weird how this happens or or why this is always but man after a win it's just your week is just better you just have so a good. better outlook you wake up you feel good you're not pissed off it's just <laughs> it just makes everything better in your life we 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 are we are entirely too involved thanks uh yam there for you um I'm usually a little loud, Yam. For those audio listeners, uh, Yam saying my mic's cutting out. Uh, it does that when you closer. when you have the uh, the music bed under. Okay. It kind of like um, it's it, it's like it's trying to figure out, you know, which one to play. Well, yeah. then it sounds like we don't need a music bed right now. It, I po- apologize for those who love the music bed. But, but it's always uh, just at the beginning. And okay. then it figures it out. And, and it figures it out. All right. Bed. Well, maybe we'll do that. We'll figure that out. Another time. We don't want to waste anybody's time here because we got a winner to talk about. It is the onesie is back, folks. Back to back. I get to wear the classic Redskins onesie here. And you're you're keeping that. You're doing that every time until. Until they lose. Otherwise, right? Until they lose. Yep. So it's just kind of that superstition. Uh, I need them to hold out because I've yet to purchase the commander's one. So mm-hmm. not that I can't go back to the Washington football team, but I wanted to get the commanders one in the in the bag as well. So just keep winning games and we'll keep seeing the Redskins onesie. That's how this yeah. works. I'll take yep. it. it is a onesie, not a onesie, a onesie. Absolutely. Right. Uh, shout out to the uh, Yam in the chat. We got the Hawk TV as well. Uh, we appreciate everybody who jumps in here. Uh Real quick sponsorship message before we yep. get moving. We are sponsored by Pacers Running for every run. Check them out. They take care of all your feet stuff. You can either go online, get yourself a virtual fitting, get the right shoes for you, okay? Or you can go to one of their five stores here in the DMV area. They got you covered. And then, of course, we're still sponsored by Manscaped. Mm-hmm. Use the code REF. Get you a 20% discount as you check out and free shipping. That's a that's that time is ticking on that one. So you're gonna want to get in there and use that right away. All well, right? to be get, fair, it's always gonna be good. This, okay. The you know what I mean? Like the the 20% off and free shipping using the code ref is always gonna be good. They're just we got like this 30-day trial period of how well we are pushing their product. Okay, that's and, how it works. I thought I thought it was good, good for the 30 days. So Thanks for yeah. the correction on that yeah, one, yeah. Stoner. I mean, I you know, we could have just used a little bit of uh, FOMO, but uh, we're we're honest here. There's no fear right. of missing out. You can still use the code after our trial period ends. 
But uh, we appreciate anybody who helps us out with that one. And of course, uh, we don't have Trev today because he's working down at the Sky Bar. So you can head down to Lexington, Virginia, catch him in person at the Sky Bar. All right, let's get on to this nice team win as John uh, calls it bonafide with you there. Birds are singing. The sky is more right. blue. The onesie is on and Washington has beaten Green Bay. What a beautiful day. Absolutely. Uh, it just is, it's been such a good day, even with work. I had meetings all day. I had, I had, you know, reports to write. None of that matters now because we've got ourselves a victory to talk about. Now, Stoner, yep. little yep. disclaimer. We do this all the time yep. when it comes to the losses and we did it against the bears because that was an ugly win. Yeah. There are going to be some negative things to talk about today. Sure. sure. Okay. That's sure. just how it works. Teams always got to improve. We're yep. going to find ways that they can improve. So we will get there, but I'm not wearing a onesie. I'm not rocking this because we're going to be sour patch kids today. No, we're going to be pretty excited. And to start off stoner, like we saw the video of you and Trev mm -hmm. and your reactions. It, yeah. it seemed to be a tale of two halves, but can you just describe what you were feeling during this game? Well, there, you know, I was trying to do that video so that it was only a minute long so we could make mm -hmm. a, a short out of it, right? And the shorts have to, can only be a minute, a little behind the scenes uh, uh, look there. So I cut out a lot of stuff, but some of the stuff that you didn't see were at the beginning when we were losing, Trev made that statement. He said, we're losing this game. We're definitely losing this game. And that's how it felt. We were down 14-3 to three in the first half. And Heineke's throwing interceptions and fumbling and luckily getting it back. But everything going wrong, throwing behind guys, throwing late to guys, almost getting picked off just about every time he, he went back to throw. And it, you just had that feeling. And I think the very first reaction on there was like, here we go again. We get down. We can never start uh, hot, start strong. And so at the beginning, that's exactly how we felt. Everybody felt it. I know I know you felt it at the stadium, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was feeling that at the beginning. Yeah, it was it was exactly that. It was it was it was just this this turmoil. I mean, I honestly I really expected on that last play especially for them to run it in. I was just like yeah. this is just this is just going to happen. This is just how it works for us as Washington fans. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, at the beginning, I mean, it just didn't seem you know, like things were I, I know you guys kind of talked about I was able to pop a little bit in uh while I was at the stadium that we got we caught all the breaks in the first half uh, and still were were down. Down, yeah. But um I really didn't feel that way at the stadium. I felt like we were just kicking ourselves in the butt like we didn't catch many breaks you know yeah. the, hmm. you know i felt a little bit good at half because you know realistically even though it was 14 to 10 it was you know defense had only given up that one touchdown so yeah. the defense was keeping us in it and i was just like if we can just turn around the second half we can do something worthwhile here yeah OG, dmv this is live it's always live thanks for joining us here uh redskins 007 in here appreciate you joining as well we will have by the way uh tonight's guest for today is going to be Linnell willingham host of the burgundy and gold today on team 980 and also the host of the burgundy and gold game day live on 1067 the fan so look forward to him joining us here in a little bit um but yeah it, it was it was it was exciting i had 
a lot of Washington fans around me, then we were getting pumped. Well, I would hope so. You're at FedEx. About, <laughs> you would hope so, but there was a lot of there was a lot of green there. Yeah, you know, it was not, uh, um, you know, not surprising. Green Bay fans do travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have Aaron Rodgers, so they still have hope that this is going to be a. Uh, a season where they make the, you know, the playoffs and maybe make a run, even if things aren't going in the direction that they would like them to go right now mm-hmm. after losing three in a row. But uh, we've won two in a row. And I think that, you know, some people still aren't quite feeling like Washington's moving in the right direction. Do you feel that way, Stoner? Where Do you feel like we're trending upwards? Are we, are we plateauing? Where are we at after this back-to-back win? Well, I don't know if I want to make a whole statement about where this team is and where it's going throughout the season, right? Uh, I mean, can I can I just enjoy this win? Right? Yes. I mean, I mean, I just look. We we don't know. We don't know where this team is going. We we don't know if Taylor Heineke is going to be able to get this team going all the way into uh, contention towards the end. We don't know. But for this one particular week. He led this team to a victory. And it's and it's sometimes it's really we talk about intangibles sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And that used to be a big thing, the skin tangibles. Remember back in the day, that was <laughs> that was we always had the uh, advantage over other teams because of skin tangibles. Yeah. But Taylor Heineke brings intangibles, and you can't measure that, you can't sit there and grade that. But he does something with his teammates and the energy that he brings, that these guys believe in him. And in this particular game, that's exactly what happened. The team rallied behind him. The team made plays for him. And when they did, their emotion came out, right? You you didn't see that. That's the first time we've seen that from Terry McLaurin this year, for sure. And I don't remember the when we saw it last year towards the end of the season when everything just kind of got away from them. Uh, but you felt that, and these guys talk about it. You see it. There's a reason that you have that that gif of Chase Young pointing to the back of Heineke's mm-hmm. jersey and screaming his name and talking. They love this guy, and I don't know what that's what that means for the entire year. But I know for this game, these guys stood behind him when he was down in that first half, and they rallied. Because they believe in in his ability to at least give everything he's got. And as some people don't like to say or do like to say, he's got that moxie. Yeah. He just does. He's, he's an underdog, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's hard not to cheer for the uh of course Commandalorian. I got the onesie on. The um the he's an underdog, and people like cheering for an underdog. And you and you're right. I think a lot of people are trying to make this into uh oh, we've got a quarterback debate right now. It's like let's just enjoy the victory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and and plus it's hard to say that we got a how dire are we if we have a quarterback de- uh, debate after one game. Mm-hmm. Where the quarterback threw a pick six and 201 yards. Yeah, I know, right? right like right. that's like I realized Wentz didn't, you know, exactly light the world on fire in the six games that he had to show. Um, but like, let's pump the brakes on that. Let's just enjoy this victory because, yeah. as we've seen a lot of comments here, um, this was a team victory. Yeah. You know, the defense held it down. The defense did the defense what it needed was fantastic. to do. 
the offense came alive in the second half. I feel yeah. like they were they were rocking and rolling, and there were some really good things coming from this offense. What what did you like from the offense? You said you liked some of that fire mm-hmm. and and the team rallying around. But was there was there any specific other specific moment that you can kind of you know pull back from that you're like this is it? This is how we should win. Nathan, I'm going to tell you something. And I, and I wanted to hold out till later in the show, but I, I can't hold it in any longer. And I'm going to make a statement, okay? I'm going to say something that is going to turn the NFL world upside down, okay? That's how big this statement is that I'm going to make, okay? I don't like making declarative statements halfway through a season, okay? This is big. You got that drum roll, that horrific drum roll the over there? Horrific drum roll? Yeah, yeah, I can pull it up. Or did you, did you bring a new one in? I have I have the I have the other one I think. Hold on. This is this is big. You want you want that one or do you want the <laughs> I want the drum roll, not the, the uh making a joke. I don't have that one. I got rid of that one because somebody oh, okay. said he didn't like it anymore. Yeah. Okay. You want a conspiracy theory music? Uh no. How about, how about this? All right. This is you, Joe. For real. The NFL. I'm looking right into the camera. The NFL is no longer a quarterback-driven league. Okay, listen. Okay, don't give me the the you know bum up bum or whatever. <laughs> don't give me any of that. Don't give you this one. Yeah, listen. It's changing. The NFL is changing right before our eyes. And if you look at all of the teams, especially in the NFC, what do they do well? What do these teams, the the best teams? Okay, what do they do well? They run the ball, they control the clock, they convert third downs, and they don't turn the ball over. It's no longer that you have to have a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, and all these old guys that are doing terrible, by the way, the Russell Wilsons, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, who are basically done, right? Maybe Joe Burrow can fit into that first category. You don't need those anymore. Now, if you have those, great. You can overcome a lot of deficiencies on your team with a great quarterback, no matter what. That's been the history of football as long as we've known it. But it's changing again. It's going back to the way it was in the 80s and in the 90s. Defensively, you stop the run. Offensively, you run. Defensively, you create turnovers. Offensively, you stop the turnovers. Okay? That's just the way things are going. That's who the best teams are this year. Jalen Hurts is not a great quarterback. Everyone wants to put him in the in the in the MVP race. He's not a great quarterback. He runs that offense to perfection, though. And it's a college offense. And a lot of people don't like when I say that. But it's a college offense because they're doing RPOs all the time and he's throwing vertical uh, I mean horizontal passes right he's just throwing quick couple yards behind the line of scrimmage half the time I did the chart against Washington he had like three completions downfield past 7 yards and two of them were 50-50 balls that were not great throws okay but he's doing it to perfection because they're running the ball they're controlling the clock That's what they're doing. That's what the Giants are doing. That's what the Cowboys are doing. Dak Prescott came back. He threw for 207 yards, 
and they ran the ball 38 times, something like that. How did Washington win yesterday, which is your original question? They won because they ran the ball, they controlled the clock, and they stopped Green Bay from running the ball. And that, my friend, is the new NFL. And if you can't get on board, you're going to have to follow somebody else because that's the way it's going. Same as it ever was. Yeah, it's uh, it's just going back. Sure. Again, the quarterback is going to mask a lot of your deficiencies. So if you can't do those things. A good QB can fix a bad offensive line, right? Exactly. But you don't have to anymore. I, I just don't think you have to have that quarterback anymore. You have to have the guys in the trenches being successful there. And that's what Washington did. That's how they won this game. Look at the time of possession. Did we double them in time of possession? Double, we, uh, yeah, we doubled them in time of possession. I got another great stat for look at the, uh, for you in this the one. Rushing here, but, yards. Uh, possession: thirty-seven minutes for Washington, twenty-two fifty-three for Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the the rushing yards, you 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 want you want to know? This is the fun stat I have for you. They had okay. thirty-eight yards rushing. We had thirty-eight carries. That's right. That's that's exactly right. We so had 166 more, we had same, yards, by the way, on the ground. They had the same rushing yards as the number of carries that we had. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the three wins this year, Washington had a minimum of 28 rushes in each of those three wins. I believe they had 28, 28, and 38 in those three wins. And then the four losses, all of them below 28 rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the new NFL. There's no more Tom Brady's and Russell Wilson's and Aaron Rodgers. Those guys are on their way out. You've got two or three or maybe four uh, superior quarterbacks now, and everybody else has got an average quarterback, and now they're figuring out how to win with it. I think you're going to go. Daniel Jones is a great quarterback, but they're <laughs> six and one. He ran for 107 yards yesterday. I, I think you can even go back to just last year, right? Like, you know, not saying. Um, the uh, Stafford isn't a great quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's a good quarterback, maybe right. not a great quarterback, but what won that game was the, was the defensive line versus a very weak offensive line. That's right. So again, and you even can when overcome Tampa those won. Da Vinci's. That was even Tampa's Tampa defense won. that won that game, yeah. that Super Bowl. That was Look at Peyton, Peyton Manning's uh, victory with uh, with Denver. Yeah, that guy could barely. That guy had about as good of an arm as Taylor Heineke when he won. <laughs> right, and, right. But it was the defense, and yeah. that's how Washington won yesterday. Was the and and this is interesting to you know to say, and this is why you shouldn't just look at the box score on some things. They had they recorded zero sacks. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it wasn't like yesterday. Washington recorded zero right. sacks against against Aaron Rodgers. Right. Something that we all felt like they needed to get after Rodgers to win. Yeah, and they they pressured him and they made him uncomfortable, but they never got to him. Yeah, but they stopped the run. They forced uh, Rodgers to become you know the and the Green Bay Packers become one sided, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one dimensional rather. And their passing game just wasn't just wasn't good enough. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers threw for less yards than Taylor Heineke. Wow, who really? who would have put money on who'd Taylor Heineke out Q being Aaron right. Rodgers? Now, yeah. if you look at some of the advanced you know statistics, QBR, you know the ratings and whatnot, they side with Rodgers. I don't know how much that pick six comes into play there. Uh, I know that the sack has some kind of effect on that. 
um, as well. But I mean, in the end, you really do have Taylor Heineke winning a QB battle against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's some, the Packers longest play, how long do you, you, this defense for Washington is known for giving up chunk plays, Mm -hmm. right? And they've been able to kind of fix that over the last few weeks. And we've talked about it since, since the schedule came out in March or whenever it was that this schedule is easy. Nothing's easy, but easier, especially than on the lighter side for the NFL. So you're going to play quarterbacks like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, Sam Ellinger or however you say his last name. And you know, all these quarterbacks that they played the Jared Goffs and the, and the Justin Fields and all that, you still got to play Aaron Rodgers. But they've they've their defense has stepped up this year after the first couple of games when they were horrible and and yeah, we were uh, Yam, all ready to fire Jack Del Rio. Yam was ready, you know, he was trying to get that hashtag trend in the fire JDR, and uh, you know, I haven't heard that much from you about that uh, Yam lately about the fire JDR. <laughs> uh, but the Packers' longest play, do you know how long their longest play was? Twenty eight yards, thirty three, thirty three uh, on a return was their last that last play when they were throwing it all over the place when they threw it downfield and that was a 33 yard gain that was their longest play of the day so washington's defense did a number on green bay now green bay helped them out those receivers were dropping everything uh i don't i went back and i watched and i started looking at all the drops they had and i stopped at five of pure drops not contested drops just pure drops just right in their hands dropped it so they certainly didn't help him but even aaron Rodgers, first ballot hall of fame top five quarterback of his entire generation he couldn't overcome their deficiencies that they had on their line because they couldn't run and they their defense couldn't stop the run and that was the blueprint for them to win that game yesterday and they did and now next week's another whole thing we'll figure that out on wednesday when we talk about the next game but for this game Run the ball, stop the run. You're going to win the game, and that's what they. Yeah, do. Yam says he's uh, still posting it and puts no. out the hashtag fire JDR, and then says, "I think the players are carrying JDR just my two yin." <laughs> uh, some some yinnies out there. The yeah. um, I, I I disagree with that though. I think that which the, part the that the players are carrying him. I, I think that it's a you got to give credit. You know, we, 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 yeah, if you're going to kill him first, if right? we're going to kill him yeah. now, maybe, maybe yam, you can take it how I see some people talking about, because we're going to shift over to Jamin Davis being a legit NFL linebacker in yeah. a moment. Mm-hmm. But, uh, people's people are trying to say that Jamin responded to being called out publicly. And this is him, you know, him balling out because of that. Maybe all of you and the fire JDR and stuff, maybe that's Jack Del Rio saying, okay, I got to get my stuff together and put it there. Uh, probably not, but things are coming together for that defense. Things are coming together for Jamin Davis. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a yeah. difference. And I felt that, you know, you guys were pretty harsh on him. You, uh, Trev especially was calling him a bust at the beginning of the year. And I sure. was like, you can't, you can't do that. Right. Uh, the kid's going to start a second season. Mm-hmm. You can't call him a bust yet. 
he, I don't think he had a rough couple of first games, but a lot of people were pointing to him, and, and obviously part of those people were the coaching staff pointing to him as being a reason why they weren't doing well. Now you can point to him as one of the reasons why they are doing well. I mean, Absolutely. he is just flying all over the field right yep. now. And it and looks like he's playing on instinct, mm-hmm. right? Which is what that's what you do when you finally figured it out. When the light bulb goes off, you're just playing on in- instinct and you know what's coming rather than trying to figure it out and then reacting. So he's uh, he's definitely you've seen that you've seen him hitting holes when he's supposed to hit the holes. Uh, but, you know, like in the that first drive that Green Bay had uh, their second rush, I think. I mean, he just flew into that hole and pummeled. I think it was Dylan. It was either Dylan or Jones, whichever. They got two running backs. But yeah, I agree. He's he's figured it out somehow. And even yesterday, he um, he had, he was the third highest rated defender, I believe. On PFF, or no, I think yeah. it was on the whole team. He might have been the third highest rated player mm-hmm. for that game. Now you know whatever PFF. We got some. Uh, I've have issues with PFF, but whatever. Uh, so he he's figured something out. And I also think that that third game is when Cam Curl came back, right? And Cam yes. Curl really – He's a difference maker. He's, he's a difference. When you're talking about top five uh, PFF, that's mm-hmm. Cam Curl's in that category. Mm-hmm. He's he number one. The, he's still the number one number ranked one safety. safety in the league right now. And that's how good – and by the uh, way, Cam Curls, Derek playing. Force is number five. So as a tandem, they're the number one defensive rated by PFF safety tandem in the entire NFL. Yeah, That's I love seeing Defoe out there. He is just he yeah. is so good. And every time I see him subbed off for looks like Rogers manned Wild Goose, I I, I shiver a little bit. Now Wild Goose had some good moments. He also had a couple missed tackles that were very, very frustrating to to watch. So I'm not going to give kudos to Wild Goose just yet, but I am going to recognize that this is a guy who was picked up off of another team. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who was originally your fourth, you know, a fourth on the depth chart. Yeah. And now is forced into playing action. And for that, I think he is playing well. I, I can understand why people will back him. I mean, this is the same group of fans who we backed Jimmy Moreland. Uh, <laughs> right, right. We, who, who's another one that we just, one of these cornerbacks that's playing uh, Moreau. Yeah. Yeah. Like Moreau, right. From, yeah. So, you know, it is, it is what it is, but the, the defense is just playing super well. You got, oh man, I love seeing the lock yeah, it up Saint and, Juice, uh, locking them down and with St. Juice. But you know what, um, Nathan? And it, it's, we want to talk about how great this win was. But let's not fool ourselves either that these last three offenses, these wide receivers, are are, are garbage, right? Oh, that's exactly what Tim's yeah, saying. Tim, there. Tim's saying here in the yeah, the they're thing. garbage. Defense is gone against fine. trash offenses. But that's fine. We talked about that all off season. That this is a, an easier schedule, so you have to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they had. Now they they didn't beat Tennessee. But it's not like Ryan Tannehill was thrown all over them, right? He he wasn't yep. very good. But yes, we haven't faced great offense. Let's see what happens when Kirk Cousins and Jefferson and Thielen and Dalvin Cook come in and, and start running that offense. That could that could get scary. 
But for right now, for the teams that are playing, that they're playing right in front of them right now, the defense is has been outstanding. And that's something that you can appreciate and you can enjoy for the time being. And we'll figure it out next week when it's Indianapolis. And we'll figure it out in two weeks when it's Minnesota and so on and so forth. But for right now, for this game, the defense was outstanding. The DBs were outstanding. The linebackers, everybody played outstanding. They only gave up 14 points. The Of course, the other one was the pick six. The, so pick, the pick six. That's not there. against the defense on that. No. But it is something that they have to, you know, fix, right? They can't, we can't give up those kind of points on offense. And I mean, it's still the defense has to work extra hard at that point, which they did. They had to work extra hard trying to prevent, you know, them to come within one score. And then they had to defend that last, uh, you know, the, the lateral play that was just absolutely just nerve wracking. Now, you're talking about the the offense of the trash offenses. Now I know the day after reckoning, we like to look at the game before, but as far as like we we say this all the time here on Ref the District, you got you can only play who's in front of you, right? You play who's on the schedule. That's right. That that's that's who you got. That's who you know. If you can't, if they're trash offenses, then you can't make them look like good offenses. That's and right. Right now they're not making them look like good offenses. They're making them look like trash offenses. The only teams I'm seeing on the rest of the way, as it currently stands, within the top 10 offenses are the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns on the roster. You scared of Cleveland? I'm not scared of Cleveland, especially because their strength is the rushing attack. And while Chubb Mm -hmm. is an amazing uh, running back, that's Mm -hmm. the strength of this defense is stopping the run. That's right. So, yeah, so n- nobody really sca- – I mean, I think Minnesota does. I think Minnesota's going to come here and they're going to they're gonna put up some points. Okay, I was I surprised to see Minnesota being ranked as low as it was. Yeah, I don't uh, know. They're actually they're... behind the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, really? I can't yeah. wait to talk about the Colts on Wednesday because that's a hilarious <laughs> story, uh, everything that's going on over there. Uh, but, uh, but, but, yeah, for this game, they played extremely well. We'll, we'll take it d- game by game. And that's and that's what there was that season two years ago in 2020 when we had a top five rated defense because we were playing Ben DiNucci and we were playing who was the San Francisco backup that they had I don't can't even remember his name uh, who threw some uh, threw a pick six to curl and and uh, uh, Mullins wasn't it Nick Mullins yeah, Nick Mullins right Chase Young had a fumble return for a touchdown uh, you know that's who we played we played terrible offenses. And you, the defense took advantage of that, and the team won and played fairly well and made the playoffs at 7-9, whatever. But they still did. And then last year, you played the the Herberts and the Mahomes and the Russell Wilson at his peak and the Bradys and, and all that stuff, and you got your ass kicked, and the defense was terrible. And now this year, you've got the softer schedule, and you're playing lesser quarterbacks – the Lawrences and Goffs and Fields and Tannehill, all that stuff, and the defense is playing better. That's all a part of it. I don't think this defense is great at all. I think they're mediocre at best. But, again, yesterday, what they had in front of them, they played great yesterday, Mm -hmm. the defense did. And that's all you can ask for. 
Yeah, the uh, the couple notes here with the the comments. Uh, Vikings have a strong offense with a healthy healthy Dalvin Cook. Oh, absolutely. absolutely, that one. I do think that one's going to be a challenge. Uh, Yam with uh, talking about how they played against the Lions. Two things with that: Lions currently uh, are the fourth. Uh, this is by yards by game, so it's not exactly the best stat, but they, you know fourth best offense in, the, in that regard. Hmm. Uh, and Washington didn't stop them. You're right. But uh, they also didn't have Cam Curl, a player that we we're, we're pointing out as ha- being a difference maker. Yeah. And um, so I think those are some of the things that that kind of do that. And Gus Bus comes up here with the another again, because this is a feel good Monday, yeah. a victory Monday here. Wasn't it so nice to have a two possession lead in the fourth quarter? Absolutely. It just, it, even with facing Aaron Rodgers, you just felt good having them to have to score two possessions. And the, um, I, I calculated this up because I felt like this was a very kind of important thing as we talked about the defense. That scoring drive of theirs for the touchdown, the, t- the one that brought them within two points and set the green side of FedEx field up in a, a stir. They only gained before the touchdown pass, which admittedly was a 21 yard uh, to uh, Aaron Jones there. But before that touchdown strike, they had only gained 27 yards of offense and were held multiple to multiple third down attempts there, which we bailed them out on. We had 27 yards in penalties on that drive to their 27 yards. Yeah, it was it was split right down the middle until that 21 yard strike. By uh by Aaron Rodgers, the um and and obviously one of those was the 18 yard pass interference one, which was just egregious uh, by by Kendall Fuller, who made up for it with an excellent play later. But he uh, the, you just can't gift them those, and you know normally come out on the victory side, but they did today. The team is three and four. Very excited about that. Um. The um, it looks like our guest is ready and we are ready to bring him in. Uh, he's not whoop. ready yet. He's not ready I'll yet. You, I'll, I'll hit you up when when he's ready. He's having right. some internet trouble, so All right. we'll and he is in his that. car. So I don't think we're gonna have. Uh, this will be audio only from Linnell here. Um, maybe it looks like now he's yeah. getting ba- back mm-hmm. in the background. I'll let you do the introduction then and all that good stuff for when he's ready as uh, we shift here for the offensive side of the ball. Now, you're talking about how good they were running it. I said in the beginning, and people kind of were like, oh, okay, we'll see, because everyone was getting really high on Brian Robinson Jr. as being the lead back, which he was yesterday, 20 carries, 73 yards there. But I continuously said Antonio Gibson is still going to be the most productive back that Washington has this season, and he was. 10 carries, 59 yards, gotten the passing game as well with three catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. Just I think that he is just a very special player, and the more Washington can get him the ball – the better we're going to do. And, and that actually plays out in, you know, when you're looking at when they win, they win when he's involved in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it was not just Gibson Robinson ran it well. And I think he only had like 3.7 per carry. Yeah, it wasn't, whatever, it wasn't especially good, but it was efficient, you know, 3.7. So you're going to get a first down that way. Yeah. But he was also the guy who in the fourth quarter, when you're, 
when you're making sure that you don't fumble the ball, that's who was getting the ball, right? They were getting it to Robinson, who has never fumbled. I don't think he ever fumbled in college, not one time. And, of course, he's only played a couple games in the NFL, but he's never fumbled. So he was the guy getting the ball in the end there when they were just trying to run out the clock, which is interesting. But uh, but Gibson was working working in there as well a couple of times. Yeah, and and Gibson, for the record, had uh, really good ball control. He hasn't done that this season. Uh, and uh, I think it was Pete Haley shared a clip where just a very subtle thing. Uh, Gibson was running by a defender, and somebody kind of reached his hand out there, and Gibson put that other hand over the ball, and then he went right back into the full running motion as soon as he was by them. So mm -hmm. that ball, it's getting in, in his mind ball security, right? He's ball he's going to do uh, – do that. Gus Bus asked the question, do you think Rivera gives B-Rob the Gibson treatment if the refs rule that play a fumble, meaning does he bench B-Rob the way we saw last year with Gibson? Probably not, just because you know, that's one time. Gibson's was a, was a pattern over the last year and a half or whatever, so probably not. But was it a fumble, by the way? No. I mean, if they had called it a fumble... And we oh yeah, it was it was one of those when, one of those yeah, ones you yeah. weren't going to have the conclusive evidence no, either way. Either way, um, I agree. Metaphor is talking about B Rob being nice, uh, though one near the end that he could have busted on the outside where they could have scored a TD, ended up settling for a field goal. I agree, man. I was screaming. There was just so much. I, I was obviously when the play is hot, and I'm going to trust my player, but it looked like there was just nothing but grass there to the mm, outside. I don't I even remember like, that one. If he could just. He, he made he uh there was another play where he cut the wrong way. He cut mm. into two guys rather than cutting outside. And it was mm. just like, man, if he would have just went the other way, they probably still get him, but it was probably like an extra two, three yards he could have dragged, uh, dragged some players. But he is he is fun to watch. And I think he's only gonna get a little bit better as uh um as they're as they're gonna go on here. So we will have Linnell joining us here. Uh, right now, he will be audio only as he's uh, he's out celebrating with some uh, family. So we'll uh, talk to him about that. Pull him up here, get that uh, audio. So this again, folks, is going to be Linnell Willingham, host of Burgundy and Gold today on the Team 980 and host of Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live on 106.7 The Fan. Appreciate you joining us, Linnell. Thank you here on What's Ref going on, guys? How you doing? Doing oh, great. Cool. It's a victory month. I hear that. That's awesome. I like that, man. <laughs> I'm sorry about the audio, about the uh, having only the, the audio, man. I'm celebrating my uncle's birthday. We have people over. So I, how, how I old your uncle? my car. How, how old your uncle? My uncle is, what are you saying, 53? Oh, my goodness. Happy birthday to your That's uncle. My age. <laughs> I'm right, 53. Good Lord. <laughs> you could be my nephew. Look, look, he's a he's a Cowboys fan, so we don't. Oh, we yeah, don't yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I retract my happy yeah, right. birthday comments. <laughs> Take that away. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a really interesting discussion, though, man. I've been uh, I've, I've been listening, and it's our fan base is so fickle, man. Oh, so they, I, they, I, they I, really I'm are. curious to see how you guys felt Taylor Heineke played overall yesterday because I think it's good to yes, we won. But do, I wanted to like, do other people think that style of play is sustainable offensively? Like, well, what here, here's what I didn't understand about that style of play as, as you talked about, they didn't do anything different than they did with Carson Wentz. There, there was no, you know what I mean? There were no right. sort of run plays that were worked into it or, 
or anything like that for him. It was the same offense. And I right. thought that they would do a little bit different. So I would like to see them. I would like to see Scott Turner and Ron and them kind of get some different style plays for a different style quarterback. Right. I just feel like Scott Turner right now feels like, and I know we're all really hard on him in the media. Like I feel like he feels as if he's limited because of this offensive line. And mm-hmm. we they talked about all summer about how they wanted to be this vertical passing attack. Even before Carson Wentz got injured, he was bottom three in the NFL in yards per attempt. So you weren't really seeing it. You'd see it in spurts. But, like, when I say that style of play not being sustainable, like they want to play this three yards in a cloud of dust brand of football. But when you have holding and you make them holding penalties and you make the mistakes that they make, mm-hmm it's hard to try to continue to run the ball because when you're not in favorable down in distances, it just becomes difficult at that point. And I just don't think he has enough. And we saw this last year. He doesn't have enough arm talent to really run the whole playbook. Probably. I think there's Scott's probably limited in what he's calling the Mm -hmm. shot play that he took to Terry yesterday. Notice the protection was good. A guy got free late, but he stood in there. The picture has gone viral closed his eyes and let it yeah. let it fly like a hope and a that, prayer that's what he's got to do to push the ball down the field and that's why i think that's another reason why his teammates and stuff admire him because i'm not gonna lie carson west might might eat that ball and that's a sack so oh, carson west eats that thing. ball 100%. yeah <laughs> and that's why that's why the guys i feel like rally around you know taylor heineke that the moxie and toughness thing it's real uh especially you know when you're in a locker room with a guy and and you see how hard he's working and you know he's physically not the strongest guy but like they all say and talk about him he comes out there and gives you, you know, everything he's freaking got. So you, you got to go to war with the guy. Hmm. Yeah, we you heard us uh, a lot of that discussion on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah. Some of our listeners are trying to say that the players are kind of carrying Jack Del Rio. Where where do you think that's coming from? Do you think that that the the it's a mixture, or the players doing they're finally doing their part, and Jack Del Rio has been right all along, or or how's this this defense kind of come alive here in the last few games? I, I've always been of the mind it's a combination of things for one. It's a multi layered situation. I feel like, but I've always been of the mindset Jack Del Rio doesn't blow coverages. Jack Del Rio doesn't rush get out of his rush lane. So to blame it all on him is kind of unfair. You notice that really the shift in this defense's performance has come with the personnel change of Benjamin St. Juice going to the outside corner. The unheralded guy of this whole thing, I feel like, is Rashad Wild Goose. He's come in there and been steady uh, at the slot corner spot. And it's so impressive to me because the fact that he's able to pick up this defense that quickly, he's only been here, what, six, seven weeks. They, they signed him on cutdown day. So, like, he hasn't had a lot of time to get familiar with stuff, but he's ready when his number is called. And, like, that's what you want. And, like, that's where I want to give kudos to Ron Rivera and those guys because they get a lot of heat for a lot of the stuff that they do, deservingly so most of the time, I would say. But, <laughs> like, th- when you find diamonds in the rough like Rashad Wild Goose, that helps, you know, catapult a turnaround defensively. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne have been playing, like, all pros at defensive tackle all season. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, Montez Sweat has started to take advantage of some of the matchups he's gotten in the past couple of weeks. So you see him coming alive. The one thing that I was, you know, still discouraged about, and then they cleaned it up completely against Green Bay, the big plays were still happening during that stretch where they were turning it around. But this mm-hmm. past Sunday against Green Bay, it was just like, wow, you know, this is what we all envisioned, you know, this defense being. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you this about uh, let's kind of switch it over to the offensive side. And, and I mentioned uh, early on in our show here that that it seems to me why well, I did it a little bit with a little bit more bravado. But it seems to me that the NFL is getting away from this. Uh, quarterback driven league and now it's all about 
having that solid run game and stopping the run and converting third downs. You know, what, what they did in the 80s and in the 90s and in the early 2000s, and that you no longer have to have this incredible quarterback anymore. You just have to control the line of scrimmage. Do you kind of see that trend, or are you saying – or do you think it's it's still you got to have the right quarterback? I, I think it's always been a combination of both. I'm a former uh, Division three defensive end, so I believe in the trenches, especially yeah. specifically on the offensive side, man. Like, it doesn't matter how good the quarterback is. If the offensive line can't protect him and give him time to be special and make those special plays, it doesn't really matter. I think those two positions go hand in hand, which is why you see, excuse me, left tackle being one of the highest paid positions in football, along with, you know, quarterback, because they're so vital to the success of the quarterback. But I still think if you just look at the past couple of Super Bowls, you see who's in it, the most talented quarterbacks in football. Now, yeah. Matt Stafford got there last year. That's a case of putting everything around a guy and having him be successful that way, which is interesting because they're paying Matt Stafford a pretty penny to be propped up the way I feel like he is. And you see this year they're struggling because they've lost some of those key pieces up front because of financial reasons. But I think it goes hand in hand. I do agree with you, though. Like, you can win in the regular season, I feel like, playing that three yards in the cloud of dust football. And, but eventually when you get in obvious passing situations, you're going to have to have a quarterback that can make big boy throws. And I just think relative to Washington, like that, t- Taylor Heineke's not that. We know that he's not that. Right. He going back to the, the play in the first half, he almost played them completely out of that football game. Just think about it. If those calls stand and they go down, what was it was a twenty-one to ten. You can't run the football anymore, really. You're 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 being put into more obvious passing situations, and that's when we see this team, you know, make mistakes with holding penalties and things like that. And we just know, like from a physical standpoint, he's just limited with what you know he could do. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot, and you kind of see that with that pick six that he had was just it wasn't a, a good pass. It was it was too slow to get I mean, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, almost it's laughable almost because the discussion, I, I doing the post game and stuff, and just hearing people talk about it, it's almost like it's fascinating. Like people, it shows you how quickly a town and a fan base can get cultivated by a story. I think people are more mm-hmm. in love with the story of Taylor Heineke than the actual player. Because I was pulling my hair out in the first half watching him. I mean, he should have thrown his first, like, seven balls. Four of them should have legitimately been picked off. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, like, tough to stomach and watch because it's like, man, you see the differences, though, right? He's going to the right spot every time. Carson Wentz wasn't always going to the right place with, going to the, right place with the football. So I, I think that's, like, the benefit you get from Heineke. But, like, you see, like, I tried to blame it on, like, the jitters at first. But, like, he, he's just inaccurate. Even the ball he threw to Cole Turner, he got him hurt. If you, you don't float that ball to Cole Turner, he doesn't get a concussion. And, like, now you are you put your team in a bind. And I know it's not directly correlated, but, like, it kind of is. <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah absolutely. He puts you in some tough spots. There was one of those uh, hospital balls last year that uh, from yeah. Heineke that took Terry, Terry McLaurin out. Uh, one of those things, though, you brought up Cole Turner kind of going out was Armani Rogers. Couple couple things with him. One, they ran this uh, this kind of trick play with Armani Rogers in the QB position. And then he kind of, he came in there and I felt played adequate as a, uh, uh, you know, when called into action for Cole Turner, you know, where are you at with our tight end group as Logan Thomas continues to be out, you know, when do they expect him coming back in? And is he even needed with if yeah. Cole Turner's healthy <laughs> and, and Armani Rogers healthy? So the way it looks right now, because we don't really have too much of an update on Cole Turner, I, I think Logan is needed in that case to be depth. But if I was to just go from a pure one through four on the tight end depth chart, like I'm, I think Cole Turner is probably this team's best, most well-rounded tight end. I think he's very underrated as a blocker as well. 
Um, there were some plays that popped in the running game yesterday directly because of him. They're pulling him across the formation. And the fact that they have the trust in, to do that with a young guy shows you that he competes when, when, as a blocker. And that's all that really matters sometimes is getting in a guy's way. But, like, Logan Thomas isn't better than Cole Turner right now to me. Even when Logan Thomas was out there, I don't know if this is because he was hurt. It just looks as if he's lost the step. I wonder if you guys agree with that. Like, he's mm -hmm. just not – he's a tick slower than what he was, and he already wasn't the fastest guy in the world anyway. A lot of his stuff was winning based off of body leverage and position and things like that. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to ever have a 6'8 guy, you know, in the red zone. So, like, I'm not saying get rid of him or anything like that. But at this point in time, I think he should not be the featured tight end of this passing game. Heck no. <laughs> I think right. Cole Turner's an emerging star. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot, Lynn. That was my last question for you before okay. I let you go. Uh, put you on the spot. Let's say Taylor Heineke plays exactly the same way for the next three weeks, Okay. And they end up in the next three weeks going one and two. Okay. So a two and two overall for the four weeks, assuming Carson comes back after four weeks and he's ready to go. Uh, what are you doing? You going back to Carson or are you going to stick it out with uh, Heineke? Well, if he plays the way he played last week, because I, I feel like my opinion kind of differs on his performance from yesterday than everybody else's. I still am of the belief that he tried to throw us out of that football game in the first mm -hmm. half. And if he plays like that next week against Indianapolis, what if their DBs and linebackers don't drop those those interceptable balls? Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about a whole completely different complexion of the football game. So if we're talking about it from that standpoint, if he plays like that, I'm not only not going back to Taylor Heineke, I'm going to Sam Howell because I think it would be irresponsible for this group to go into this offseason without getting a fair look at Sam Howell and what he is. And at this point, you know what Carson Wentz is. He, I, I think they were really – I want to see if you guys agree with this. I think they're probably really thrown off and – caught off guard by his lack of mobility when they got him here mm. because just you, you saw it even with the, the Taylor Heineke is not the most mobile guy in the world he's just not Carson Wentz and he's not Ryan Fitzpatrick and he wasn't he's more mobile than Dwayne was so it was a different change of pace for us as fans to see that here with our quarterback Carson was a statue back there like mm. Taylor Heineke gives you a better chance to win with him than him because strictly because of the offensive line so believe that I just don't think he could do it I would go give Sam Howell an opportunity to see if he can do it because he can't be much worse. Yeah, it would it, be uh, it'd be interesting. I, you brought up uh, Carson being a, a statue. I just remember that uh, designed <laughs> run in the uh, at like oh. a five yard line for him. <laughs> just oh my in goodness! It, it looked like we were running Tom Brady out there. Yeah. The uh, and not as a passer, but as a runner. The as far as you kind of brought it up, how you feel about how Taylor Heineke played? I said it, you know, earlier in the in the show. But I mean, it's 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 weird to me that people are calling for a quarterback controversy right now <laughs> with a guy who threw for 200 yards and had a pick six. Yeah, like this isn't like the he didn't throw for four touchdowns and 350 yards and like okay, masterly goes, did the offense. But what if he plays exactly like this and goes four and zero over these four weeks? Are you well, still putting him sitting him down? Well, if he's winning, you can't justify it to the locker room making a switch, I feel like. So yeah. Yeah, that just comes with the territory of being the, the winning starting quarterback. You all know how that goes. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm but just making win, sure we're not yeah. crazy yeah. here. Okay. Yeah, right, you're right, the one right, who right. put you're the one Stoner's the one who put him at two and two and was just like, Oh, you're gonna go back to no, like of yeah. course you're gonna move off of Taylor Heineke, he throws right. for two hundred yards and it got us to two and two, but they, I'll say this: I feel like they have a real chance to beat Indianapolis. I, I'm not a fan of what they got going on over there at all, and I think it's kind of karma a little bit because I do think they did Carson Wentz kind of dirty. But looking at him, the performance, the play is not there. But I don't think he's any type of bad guy in your locker room or anything like that. And that's how he was painted this off season. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of lot of negative press around Carson Wentz as a as a bad teammate, but everything shows otherwise. And I think what is interesting, and maybe this will be my last question for you before we let you go party with the cowboy uh, uncle of yours. <laughs> but uh, you know, the team does rally around Taylor Heineke in a way that you don't necessarily see them rallying around Carson Wentz. I I, I likened it to being the underdog story. Uh, where everyone just loves cheering for an underdog, you know, how long does that continue if he throws just 200 yards with, you know, with a pick every game? And how long do you think that they're going to continue rallying around this mentality of him throwing into, you know, double coverage or behind or getting the wide receivers injured? How long can that good grace last here with Taylor Heineke? Our, our buddy Stoner laid it out perfectly. As long as the W's keep flowing, everything's good. But the moment you start losing, <laughs> yeah, that's when it becomes much easier to pull the plug. Sounds good. Well, then we just have to keep on winning, and yeah, of course, <laughs> we one week at a time, man. One, yeah, one week that's at a right. time. Yeah. That's right. Next, next week's Indianapolis. I feel good about that too. Linnell feels pretty good about that, and you can hear more from him because he's the host of Burgundy and Gold today on the Team Nine Eighty, and he also hosts the Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live on One Hundred Six Seven The Fan. Linnell, we appreciate you jumping in here with us on Ref the District. You have a good night. Get piece of cake for both stoner and i and uh you can go ahead and wish uh, your uncle a happy birthday even yeah, if he cheers good. for the wrong team <laughs> yeah hey, I, pre- I appreciate you guys having me man it was fun all right buddy appreciate you have a good one thank you guys let's get back to the chat here we have ourselves a victory tip from the great, great Watubi there. Uh, we should send everything after the rookie QB this week. We, I'm telling you, they are salvating. The, yeah. the defensive line is there. They, they are like Christmas came early. We can uh, do something just real quick here. It's not a rookie QB. Sam was drafted last year, uh, but I believe this is his first start. So, yeah. Um, so there, there's we're gonna, that. So we're going to talk about it more on Wednesday. But I've already come up with the game plan to uh, to beat Indy. I'm put. I'm seriously. I'm putting eight dudes uh, right at the line of scrimmage, right right in that box. All right. I'm putting five down linemen, three linebackers. If that Cam curls the third, that's fine. And then I'm going one on one with their receivers in the back, and I'm stopping Jonathan Taylor, and I'm stopping their their quarterback from running because he's got you know he's got a little wiggle to him. So we'll talk about that more on Wednesday, but yeah, I'm Wednesday I'm will be the Colts there. one. Yeah, it's going to be, oh man, uh, maybe we shouldn't to get too far ahead of ourselves. Washington still has a lot to prove. One of those things, you know, like we, we talked about them running the ball. We have been kind of harsh a little bit on Taylor Heineke. He did have some good throws there. The touchdown to Gibson was good. The mm-hmm. touchdown to Terry McLaurin was good. Um is there besides the running game, what on the offense do you felt was something we can look forward to, Stoner, going forward? Wow, on the offense? Mm-hmm. I mean, I did like the play calling for most of the game. When they got in the red zone, I don't know what Scott why Scott Turner keeps throwing it. When you when you just keep running the ball down the field and you have these long sustained drives, they had a 12 player, I believe, in the first 12 play drive in the first half. 11 play drive in the second half because they're running the ball and and then they get inside the five and he's throwing fades to Cole Turner and he's, and he's, I don't know what's going on there. And, and so I liked what he was doing though. He had creativity, right? He had guys moving all over the place. He had 
Samuel in the backfield. Samuel was getting tired out there, just like he was in game one. Mm-hmm. Trev and I were even talking about it. There was one time where, where he came across on a, a pre-snap motion from right to left, and he you could see him. He was like, like oh, my God, I'm tired. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he looks behind him, and he sees Robinson coming. He's like, I got to go block somebody, and he does. And he goes out and he pummels he a did. guy. He did. He did a good job. And then he job. does this. He does this. He's like, I need out. I need some rest here for a second. But that's because they're using him in so many different ways and with so much different motion. That's what we want. But there is still, I don't think, enough plays to where you had the threat of Heineke running. And that's what makes him different than Carson Wentz in a positive way. We know he can't make those a lot of those throws. He made a couple of them, but he can't make them consistently. So do what he does best. Give him the opportunity to succeed and get him some run plays in there. I understand if he gets out there and he gets pummeled, and then you next thing you know, you got Sam Howell coming in, and then you're in trouble. And, but and, and there's you know, and Linnell talked about it as well there. I mean, this it's not like Heineke is like a, a running threat, really. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson. No, no, no. But, but he's got he, wiggle to him, man. He's, he, he does. He and and, and he's also a shorter guy. This is one of the things I've, I was a little frustrated. I know we're trying to talk about something positive mm-hmm. about the offense. But, I mean, the defense, the Green Bay defense had six passes defended, and uh, some of those were bats down at the line. Like, you got to move him out mm. of the pocket yeah, so he can he can see the field more clearly. You know, I know you're only going to get kind of half the field that way, but it is uh, – it, it would be interesting, like to see it and, and kind of move those around – the what I liked from the play calling aspect, you know, I've been very hard on Scott Turner. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm, I'm not ready to 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 change my mind that he has not been doing well as a as a play caller. But I we did see some excitement in there, right? I brought up that Armani Rogers uh, mm-hmm. as a as the QB. Yeah, it wasn't successful, but I, I want to see more of it. When I saw him, when Armani Rogers came out, I was just like, oh, they're going to put a tight end out there, you know, big target, and it's going to be good. And then all of a sudden, Armani Rogers is taking the snap. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, I'm holding on my seat because it was down on my my, uh, side of the field. I'm like, oh, what do we got here? We had him flanked by Curtis Samuel and Rogers. And I was just like, you could just, you had the whole, the world at your, you know, at your disposal there with that. And then we never saw it again. Yeah. And yeah, you you saw it one time. Yeah, you saw it the one time. Uh, I like maybe they're saving it for another, so they have it again to run some other time against another team, or maybe they need to work it out, practice a little bit more. But I, I Armani Rogers is a converted, you know, QB. This yeah. this guy this time last year he was playing. He was playing Q. He was playing mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I like to see something like that. Mm-hmm. The I like seeing. You know, we we were harsh. You know, harsh on uh, Scott Turner and Carson Wentz few weeks back because there was no audibles like Carson Wentz isn't allowed to audible we still haven't seen audibles at the line but now you're seeing some more of that motion before before from 25 seconds to two seconds when they snapped the ball it used to be they didn't no one moved right right and and now you're seeing back to having that motion there you're seeing you're seeing Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz did this last week against the Bears too so it's not just the Taylor Heineke thing but you are seeing where they're pointing out you know, parts of the defense, they're not leaving their offensive line out to dry. Offensive line has been doing a little bit better. Sadiq Charles had himself a bit of a rough, rough game. A lot of people are asking for Cosme to shift 
into the the guard position and and keep Lucas out there. I think that's short sighted, in my opinion. I think that uh, if if Cosme is your right tackle, if you're, if Cosme is your your tackle of the future, you got to keep him at tackle. Mm. It's not to me the the difference between your tackles and your interior alignment are are vastly different to sure. where you're gonna you're gonna ruin the development of that young man. Whereas if you're taking a guard and you're shifting him to center, I think those are a little bit similar in the interior. Obviously, you're snapping the ball, so it makes you know you feel like there's a bigger difference. But when it comes to blocking, your interior, you know, have very similar roles. Your tackles very very different. So I don't mm-hmm. want to ruin that development for Sam Cosme, who I feel has been doing pretty pretty decent on the outside. Not great. This offensive line has had a lot of struggles. Uh, I mean, we were calling Andrew Norwell not well. For, oh, he's still for, not well. He had he didn't have a oh. bad bad game. Hey, that the very first possession. Remember, they got pinned all the way back into the like the three yard line. Remember that nice punt. And so there, that was probably back in your corner of the field, isn't it, where you were sitting when the very first possession. And so they're at the three yard yes. line. And it was it was third and seven. And you remember Heineke threw that pass out to the left, and there were two defenders there that jumped up and almost picked it off, right? Do you remember that play? Yes. His first, I think it was his first throw. might have been his second, but whatever. Well, you know why it was such a terrible throw besides the fact that he, was, he threw off his back foot? Because the D lineman pushed Notwell right back into him. Just boom, 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 and, he, and Notwell's doing this going backwards. I mean, it was, I was just saying, well, what's going on here? He can't, he can't even block uh, just a, on a normal pass play early in the game. It was like the first pass play of the game, and he's getting run over. He's not good, but but they but they do a good. He's a good run blocker. Yeah. Okay. These guys are good run blockers. Most offensive linemen are good run blockers. It's right? easy because you get to be an attacker, right? You're That's not- right. You can go forward, right? So I don't know. The yeah, the line. Is not the interior of the line is not great. Look, Larson's come in from his injury and he's played decently. At least mm-hmm. you haven't had any snap issues. Like you had knock for a on couple some games. wood. Knock yeah, on yeah. some wood. They have any snap. But sometimes, man, what really gnaws at me is, is maybe it's Scott Turner, Mary. I'm sure it's Scott Turner mostly, but they just it seems like they overthink this stuff, right? Something's working and they're going to it, and then all of a sudden they get away from it. This running is working and it's working and they're moving down the field and they get in the red zone and they had first and goal from the seven and the first play uh, B Rob tried to bounce it outside. He got knocked uh, sideways. So nothing. So it's second and seven. So then they run Gibby right up the middle and he goes for five yards. It's third and two at the two, right? Or third and goal from the two. What does he do? He throws a, a fade pass to Cole Turner in the end zone. Run the damn ball into the end zone. You just got five yards. Run the ball. My my the stone special. I'm giving it to you. I'm I'm letting the whole world know what the stone special is. All right. You you got third and two, right? You're gonna do this two times in a row if you have to on third and third and goal and fourth and goal. You put you bring in an extra offensive lineman. All right. So you got your five offensive linemen, you got your sixth guy on there, right? You bring you put Terry wide left. That's that's guy number seven, right? In the backfield, you've got Heineke under center. That's number eight. Behind Heineke is Armani Rogers and John Bates. Okay, like they're they're back behind him, right? Right 
next to Heineke, right behind the guard, is Arma, the the fullback that they that they just signed because of the mm-hmm. injuries, right? He was on the practice squad, right? He played yesterday. I know, but what yeah. he wasn't like they was off the streets. No, he was, he on, was the on the practice street. squads. Was he on the streets? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's been with the team on and off for yeah. two, three years. He was right? with us during training camp. Yeah. So you put him right there next to the guard. He snaps the ball, gives Arma a second to to go in there in that hole over the Be guard. A or ram. And then the two guys behind just sit there and push his ass into the end zone. Now, how hard is that? And you're going to score. <laughs> and if you don't do it on third down, do it again on fourth down. You're going to score. Roger you must have got, had to go push. away for something because I know he'd be he'd be right there behind you. Or yeah, maybe, man. you know, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever seen Roger Smith and Stoner in the same in that final drive when they're trying to run out the clock remember in the in the it was after the terry incredible catch because mm. that was just a horrific throw uh, <laughs> i mean it was such a lollipop i can't believe uh um what's his name caught mclaurin caught it right so they're trying to get one more first down game's over mm. first down they get about a yard b rob gets about a yard nothing nothing there right then they bring the fullback in. They bring Armaugh in, right? And they go over the left side. Armaugh takes the safety and pushes him 10 yards down the field and creates a hole. And B-Rob goes for seven yards. What do they do? They take Armaugh out. Run the same goddamn play, <laughs> right? You only need yeah. three yards and the game's over. And they and they run a you know an off-tackle play with no fullback, and, and they get a yard. And then, you know, and then they have to punt. But it's just sometimes they just the the analytics and all this they just outthink themselves. Yeah, just run the ball. That's fair. Let's go ahead and get to the right. go goes and no goes here. All right, for, what are we doing for, first uh, this game? Let's do the go goes. All right, who was your go go? And let us know in the comments who you got for a go go uh, this time round here as Washington beat the Green Bay Packers. I think that there's a there's a lot that we there's can choose from here. There's a lot. Who, who do you got, Stoner, as your go-go? There's a lot of obvious, right? There's the. I mean, McLaurin was great. So mm. let's just put him on the duh. He's a go-go, but let's pick somebody else, right? Mm. I thought yesterday, I thought Curtis Samuel was fantastic yesterday. I thought he made some catch. He caught everything that was thrown to him. Right, including that one bullet, one of the one of the two bullets that that uh, Heineke threw yesterday, that bullet, and he just snagged it for for like an eleven yard gain uh, for a first down. He ran the ball with conviction. He put his head down on a couple of plays. He had a couple of really nice blocks on uh, for Gibson's twenty five yard run and for a uh, Robinson uh, big run. I thought Samuel was fantastic yesterday. And, and we talked about it in the offseason. Well, we talked about it last offseason when they signed him and all the different things that he can bring to this team. And right now he's doing it. And he did it extremely well yesterday. Curtis Samuel is my go-go. Yeah, he had 10 touches on the day, five carries, 26 yards, and five catches for 53 yards. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely just kind of that, that uh, Swiss has- Army knife, just getting all the way around. Love to see it. And you get him in, and you get him in space, and he has that ability to make guys miss, and he does it all the time, all the time, and that's that's huge. Again, the old, uh, the old, get him in space and let your playmakers make plays, and that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Keep him healthy, keep him healthy, keep him in a bubble. 
I, th- I think another obvious go-go would be Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, great just game. again all over just had an amazing game uh so if, if i don't pick him as my obvious uh go go because he just again was just have had an amazing game mm-hmm. uh in my opinion i mean like i said i kind of liked what armani rogers brought to the table uh three targets three catches 28 yards nothing special but i mean you're you're the third tight end like you're doing what you need to do there. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So some pretty good ones. I can also give it to my man, Tress Way. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely did a great, uh, great job. Punched the ball, pinned them down a couple times. There was the one where they tried to get, uh, maybe actually there's a good one. Christian Holmes on special teams had himself yeah. a day. Yeah, he was he doing did. really good. So and and, and you mentioned Gibson. Let's not forget about um, what he's doing on the kick returns. It's nothing flashy, but he's getting it out there. He's not getting hit at the 16-yard line. He's making a difference. You know, he's getting it out to the 26 or the 31. And that's not huge, but it's better than the 16 that Milne was getting you. Yeah, Dax Milne in on that last kick return, and I was just just like, just let it go behind you, please. Just let it go behind you. Commandalorian with a go-go here. 37 minutes and time of possession. Yeah, man, big time. That, That was huge. Need to keep it away. Even though Green Bay isn't an efficient offense, look how quickly they made it down. Now, they made it down off of the back of, I mentioned, those three penalties mm-hmm. that kept them alive, but they still made it down and uh, and scored a touchdown, bringing it within two here. Uh, EP is uh, <laughs> says uh, her go-go is EP for buying season tickets and being there for that amazing game. Uh, All right. Yeah, it, was, it, it, it was nice. A good pat on the back for that one. It was good. Uh, yeah, Lewis Wright Jr. looks so looking forward to having Diami and uh, Jahan back. There is a in Logan. Logan. There is a significant drop off, in my opinion, after uh, Jahan Dotson. Right, so it's just like if you look at the number three, the three top right, you have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and then Jahan Dotson. Diami Brown and Cam Sims are a significant drop off from those three, Mm. but they're also your fourth and fifth wide receiver. So you're not necessarily expecting them to be great. You know, with Diami, I think that it's more of a going to be a consistency issue. And I think that we're not going to see a lot of Diami this year if Taylor Heineke continues to be a QB, because one of the things Diami Brown does well is he's a deep threat. Terry, uh, sorry, Taylor Heine, he's not getting you the ball deep. And uh, and Cam Sims is just out there because he's a, a big body and there's a lot of people who believe in him, but I, he's a fourth and fifth wide receiver. Command uh, yeah. Lauren coming back with a run defense. Go, go to the alumni, says Gus Bus. It was great right. to have them there. It was it was really nice to have them there. Uh, we might touch on a topic or might save it for Wednesday on the – on the name tag thing. Uh, Tressway is Chris's go-go. Great, great job. Just a, a amazing uh, job again by uh, there. Uh, I bet you Aaron Rodgers wishes he had Diami and Cam Sims. Maybe because yeah. he does his, his, his wide receiver core is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty bad here. Let's see what they did on the day. I mean, you had Aaron Jones as his second, you know, best wide receiver, which is his running back, nine nine receptions, fifty three yards. Otherwise, Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard had six catches, fifty five yards. Hmm. Uh, Sammy Watkins, the next wide receiver, 
two for 36 and then Tanyan, the tight end three for 32. Just, yeah, yeah just a tons of drops. sour, sour uh, wide receiver uh, core in there. Yep. Let's go for the no goes. Any no goes yep. for you? This guy, you got to pick one. Okay. I'll pick one. Yeah. You ready for this? This is coming out of left field. You ready? Chris Paul. For not being able to unseat uh, Norwell yes, and Trey Turner, exactly <laughs> right. He's so bad that he can't get on. He can't even dress on game days in front of guys like Notwell and and uh, and who's in Trey Turner. I mean, mm. Trey Turner was dressed for the game for crying out loud. As bad as he's been, and, and then who's the guy? And Sadiq Charles, like one of the lowest rated offensive guards in the entire NFL. Chris Paul. Get your shit together and uh, man, I'm in person too much. Get your S together and, and, get and make, out there make and a difference make for a this difference. team. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh All right. Couple, going back to the go goes here. Lewis is taking Gibby. Yeah, he's when he I love me some uh Gibby. I do there too. There's some people talking some mess up in the chat earlier about trading him and like, nope, not happening. Virgil's gonna go with Gibson as well. Uh no, no go is fourth and one. Rogers didn't see the wide receiver uh wide open. Uh, could yeah, yeah, could have been a difference maker. That's it's that's hard to true. hard to say that. Yeah. Uh, no go is Montez Sweat kept quiet by a backup tackle. I disagree the, with that. Yeah, I disagree with this too because there was a great stat. I forget who posted it. The ball was coming out in like two point three seven seconds. I think less than that. I yeah, think it was. It was, two. it was an insane, and and you saw this from the go. Right, we thought we thought this this defensive line was going to eat. Because the mm-hmm. offensive line was so bad. Green Bay came out with a plan. And that plan was get the ball out as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Do not allow uh, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne time to get to Aaron Rodgers. Let yeah. alone sweat. Those two are going to come in. They're going to crash in and and like less in, in about two seconds. Sweat's going to get there at three seconds. And they weren't letting that happen all yep. game long. That's right. So, so sweat and Payne and Allen actually – won that battle against the Green Bay offensive line on last Tuesday and last Wednesday mm-hmm. when Green Bay is putting in their game plan and saying, we can't have these long pass plays. We can't do it because their defensive line will eat us up. And they had a rookie offensive tackle out there, and Sweat was pushing him around. Sweat was getting in on some uh, run plays, on some tackles. He was all over the place. He didn't show that much in the stat sheet and obviously not in the sacks because, you know, they just never had a chance to to go get him because he was getting it out so fast. Yeah, kind so of I an important. Was, I think it was all right. Yeah, I mean, he had the uh, most tackles of any of our uh, defensive ends. So, I mean, there there's, uh, he there's that. So he had three, one mm-hmm. solo. Uh, but uh, most of the tackles were coming out there from Cole Holcomb, Cam Curl, Defoe, Jamin Davis. Uh, all those five or more tackles. Remember that time he ran over Rodgers on that busted uh, running play, right? Because Mm -hmm. um, the the, I think it was Jones. I don't know. Jones, whoever. Yeah, one of the running backs, yeah. You know where he ran into Montez Sweat (laughs) and bounced off and went the other direction, 
and there was like four or five commanders. I was, I was laughing. I was laughing up in the stands on that one because I was just like, "What do you think, Rogers? You're no, you're no Carson Wentz. You can't just throw your <laughs> yeah. shoulder up into somebody and uh, knock them flatter, but it's not going to happen." Yeah, I got, uh, got a couple more go goes in here. Jamin Davis, yeah, yeah great Jamie. game, flying yeah. around. Love seeing him play uh, the game right now. The way he knows how to play it. Uh, some no goes in here. Joey Sly getting getting a couple votes there. Uh, and EP had Wild Goose just uh, up when she put in her go-go. Yeah, Wild Goose, you know, I know, you know, a lot of people are, are praising him. And again, I understand that he just had two, he had a lot of missed tackles. I, he's got to be able to wrap them up. You cannot let them, you know, get away from you. Mm-hmm. You know, in some cases, and this is where we lost, you know, had these big plays is when, you can't wrap them up and then there's nobody within 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Thankfully the team's gotten a lot better and they're doing game tackling and people are there to, to assist, but wild goose has to get that fixed. I'm not going to put him as my no go, uh, but it is, it is, you know, I can understand will after they, the Minnesota game. I'm predicting that yeah, right now. We'll see here is uh, Chris no go on the uh, refs. Uh, the, Shoot, was, those refs were fantastic for Washington. <laughs> They picked up the they they got the flag on um when Green Bay had the fumble return, but they called the flag on their DB for illegal contact, which it was a little nitpicky. So good on that. They picked up the flag when St. Juice got called for a uh pass interference, pass interference. on a ball that was you know uncatchable. So they mm-hmm. picked that up. That was great. Then they had the um the play down when Tressway put it down to the one yard line. And they ended up first calling it a, a penalty because they didn't think the second guy who came in touched it when he actually did, which made the third guy who came in eligible to touch the ball. So those are three times that the refs were in our favor. So I give them a go-go. <laughs> Lewis is going with Scott Turner as a no-go play calling, getting too predictable late in games. Yeah. I think part of that was you had a double-digit lead. You're just going to run the ball constantly right you didn't need you didn't want to let the clock tick and you didn't want to give Aaron Rodgers time Mm -hmm. uh there I will say Scott Turner still very predictable not as much as he was a few uh few weeks ago where it was just like if they're in shotgun they're gonna pass and if they're under center they're going to run um well they did that and Trev and I were talking about it and we watched it every time Heineke was under center for like the first 13 times they ran the ball and then in the second half, they ended up throwing it after a while. But yeah, it was very predictable. If yeah, he was still, on the center, yeah, yeah. Never I'm not. I'm not going to say he's not predictable. I'm just <laughs> right. saying part of that in the late game this time was he had a double digit lead. Yeah. Uh, Gus Bus no go. FedEx security not allowing fans to bring and sell the team signs in the stadium. Well, they might not have been able to bring them, but it didn't stop them from chanting "sell the team" after Tanya Snyder had a video play. Uh, well, they that, and they they were holding them too. Mm-hmm. And the security came and made. Yeah, see, I know. I, I, I saw the I saw the uh, the social media on that where they were yeah. uh, taken away. But uh, like I said, they they might have had their signs taken away, but people let their feelings be known on that sure. one. No go from the Mandalorian red zone field goals. Yeah, or three red zone field goals. Yeah, the offense has to has to punch those. Yeah, uh, punch those in for touchdowns. 100%. You know, very very fortunate there. And I understand the no go on Sly, and I'm going to go ahead and put him there as well for my no go. With the uh, with the doink, there's not many things to no go on this one. He's three for four from field yeah. goals, and you know right? what? You know what? If he was, if he had, if if he had 
the uh, we were in danger at the end of the game. Yeah. Now we ended up playing it well enough that uh, they had to do this weird lateral play. But yeah. We were only up two points, Stoner. Yeah. If he makes that field goal, they have to go for a touchdown regardless. You don't. You can give up the middle of field all day and not worry about getting a field goal to win the game, yeah. right? So sure. that puts them in position. He doinked it, and that was a to me was uh, was something that makes a difference. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, he was he's missed two field goals all year. You picked your no go as a guy who didn't even suit up. <laughs> okay, all right, but I mean, I, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on on being a no-go for missing one out of four fields. Hey, uh, that makes a difference. If that was – okay, let me ask you this, Stoner. Right. If 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 the score was 20 to 22 and Joey Sly's up there to – we're the ones down tw- the two points and Joey Sly's up there and that's when he doinks it. Is he not yeah. a no-go? What, what what part of the game is it? I'm telling it's, you, it's the game-winning kick right oh, there. game-winning? And he doinks yeah. it? Is he a no-go? Yeah. Yeah. He's a no-go, right? Yeah. And so if if Washington's if, up two points. You said it. You said it. If, if, if. if. Again, you, you picked a guy who's not even suiting up. Hey, Gus Bus, no-go. Trev hating on Taylor big time in the first <laughs> half. He Taylor deserved it in the first half. I'm sorry. That's yeah, there was yeah. no, that he just he played like absolute garbage that first half. Yeah, it was not not a great one there. Let's go ahead and get to pay up here okay. on the dollar dollar. I I definitely gotta do some uh, calculating. Uh, to keep us on track. And I'll have some advanced graphics next time for, for right. this one. So but uh, let's hear it. We didn't have a whole lot of dollar dollars this week. Uh, we only had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's that's a little low for us. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be funny when we get to the end to see uh, all the numbers that turned out. All right, first one. Trev said that Montez Sweat was going to have three sacks. Yep, I told not him not to, to do that because, I mean, but you – you wouldn't let me not tell him to do that. <laughs> so uh, so he was incorrect. Stoner and Nathan both went against that. Obviously, nobody oh, had yeah. one. No sack. one had a sack. Aaron Rodgers got that ball out quick, yep. neutralized uh, Washington's strength, which was the defensive line. But like you said, the, that means the defensive line already won. That's they right. won earlier in the week. Nathan and Trev said Washington would have how many sacks? Uh, far too many. At least five. <laughs> five? I put it at five. I thought I had it four. Well, either way, I wrote down yeah. five. Yeah. So fi- Stoner is yeah. the only one that took that. Stoner wins that one. I thought. I, I thought Jonathan Allen was going to have a monster game. I thought that he was. He was just going to go in there and uh, just wreak havoc. And he was. He did. He did Jonathan Allen things. Just didn't get after uh, Aaron Rodgers as I as I thought he was going to. Sly has one missed PAT all year. Just throwing that out there. But it was a memorable one, Stoner. People <laughs> remember that one. <laughs> okay. Um, next one. Trev said that Heineke would have three interceptions. Now, he probably should have, but he yeah. did not. So Stoner and Nathan uh, won that particular one. Um, Stoner and Trev both said McLaurin would have a touchdown. Nathan said no, he would not. And he did. I'd said that I would be more than happy to be wrong on that one. Yep. Jared Taylor here, before you get to this next one, very proud of Taylor uh, sh- uh, shaking off the rust and getting the win. I just, I'm glad he got the win. And I, he was definitely a big reason why they got the win. The, the shaking off the rust thing. I don't get that. 
he's well, a backup. I mean, he's, no, no, he's a backup him. quarterback. You expect yeah. him to have to come in there. Like, yeah, I don't understand yeah. the shaking off the rust thing. Like, I, this isn't a guy who was injured, who hasn't been at practice and doing anything. I just yeah, don't yeah. understand it. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. I just don't understand that the the shaking off the rust. I'm not picking on you, Jared. I apologize. Uh, it's just I've seen that a lot where he's like, oh, he just had to shake off the rust. Yeah. Like, no, this guy's been out there the whole time. It's not. It's not like he's been. He's missed practice. Uh, again, a precursor for Wednesday. If Taylor plays like he played yesterday, these next three games, they won't win any of them. You can't. You, he did. There were too many lollipops out there that yeah. should have been picked. Even in the second half, he was throwing some lollipops that were just Terry was bailing him out like he did all last year. Uh, next one, uh, Nathan and Stoner. Jared, get the jitters out. That one I could buy. Oh, you know what? I I did this incorrectly. Uh oh, Stoner's wrong. And in, in in a good way for me. Uh oh. Okay. Well, Nathan uh, and Stoner both said Gibby would have a touchdown, and Gibby did. Oh yeah. Trev said that he he would not. So that changes me to that, and tra- changes Trev to that. Cool. So first five, by the way, Stoner has gotten all five. Yes. Does it go downhill from here for yeah, you? Kind of a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm I'm at the at the halfway point. Then I'm plus one. Uh, plus one. Trev is negative three. Uh, yeah. Stoner said that Cole Turner does not score, and Sly does not miss a kick. Oh, yes. This is the one where I tried. Trev was on the fence. I was like, no, Trev, it's your bet and my bet. And he has to hit both of them. (laughs) Yeah. So Nathan and Trev took that one. I almost got that one, except for the doink. The doink. I Um, I would, again, would have been happy to have been wrong there. That that doink makes a, a big difference. Trev said that Green Bay would have 80 or less rushing yards. Trev said it? Yep. And Stoner and Nathan went against it. I said they would get more than 80 yards, really. Yeah. I thought they would, too. Because I didn't think that they were going to throw it without receivers. I thought. And and they still they should have. They should have kept running the ball. I don't know why they stopped running. Well, they didn't have the ball much either. All right. Well, Trev only finished at negative one, and you finished at positive four, right? Uh, Plus three. Plus three, yeah. Yeah, and I was at plus one. Like I said, I'll get an updated little stat sheet for us, make sure that it was good. Uh, final answer, Jared says, he was able to settle down from being so excited getting the start. There you there go. We go. Oh, there, that's, that down. is a much, much better thing than shaking the rust off. I That I can get behind, Jared. That one I can get behind. Uh, Gus Bus here saying it was Taylor playing like his idol, Brett Favre. Favre had a boneheaded play for every two majestic plays. Uh, so are we expecting? Uh, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get into the commentary of him stealing money, but I was, I was about to. I was this close. I was this close to make a joke on that, and I was like, "All right, let's let's leave politics uh, out of it. Let's or, let's not get into that." But. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe just maybe, maybe some action needs to happen with uh, with him. Uh, you know, laundering money there from Mississippi. Uh, great game, love the victory. Feel good. I'm in the onesie. Love being in the onesie. Yeah, it is buddy. the Redskins onesie, and I'm hoping to wear it three weeks in a row. 
as we come back next week for the day after Reckoning on Monday. But you can catch us Wednesday as we break down the game against the Indianapolis Colts. Early prediction from Linnell, our guest today, said that he's feeling pretty good about that game. I'm feeling pretty good about it, too. I mean, they well, did I mean, drop some news yeah. there with Sam Ellinger being the starting QB as Matt Ryan is both banged up and just being pinched. Yeah, they he said they said he, he they, they they said it had nothing to do with the shoulder sh- uh, the shoulder. It, it's just they need, the guy has so many turnovers in there. Yeah, but why uh, don't they just say it's the it's the shoulder and they and save Matt Ryan because they also yeah. pay him money these guaranteed money the next two seasons. Uh, Gus Bus, I changed the onesie when we lose. I have two. I have a Washington football team. I have a Redskin one. And then I'm going to have a commander's one. That one's going to be purchased uh, here soon. So I will have that. But I, I, I'm, I wear this until, until the next uh, loss, and then I'll switch it up. But that's not going to come next week. We'll see. But we'll break that game down on Wednesday. Yep. Uh, don't think we have any additional content planned this week unless something big happens. But make sure you stay with us on all of our channels. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel. And as always, oh, Stoner, you do have something. We do actually have something big happening Wednesday. Good catch, Stoner. There you go. Good, good catch. You announce it. On Wednesday, we well, are going to. What it is. Yeah, on Wednesday, we have a big announcement. Big. I mean, uh, that, that includes your participation with a, with a gift package. Okay. Mm. Well, I'll say it's a giveaway, right? I'll let you know that it's part of a giveaway. Uh, and the gift package in this giveaway is to- total value is more than eight hundred dollars. Okay, how much? So, more than eight hundred dollars. More than eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. is in this giveaway. This giveaway. Yep. And it's and it's cool. And it's, it's a, a good. Big, th- big, it's a big announcement. It's a big thing, and it's a good thing. And all that's going to happen on Wednesday's show during the cool down. Stick with us. Uh, it is If you miss out, catch the replay. Uh, we'll have some stuff on it this week, but it's going to be good. And uh, you know what? I think that's all we got for now. So until next time. What's that? Be a fan. Do it. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.